and welcome to The Career Sphere, a podcast created for you by the Ambassador and Business Network, a network for ex-teachers who now work in business. If you don't know what career you want, you're not alone, and people change careers all of the time. Deciding on your first one can be really difficult, so we're here to give you more information about the different careers out there to help you along the journey. This episode is called Playing Professional Rugby. We're super excited to be chatting to a professional rugby player who has played for both England and America. Before I introduce you to this week's guest and co-host, here are three things that I wish I knew about the sports profession when I was in school. Number one, being a professional sports player requires great skill in the chosen sport, but also lots of hard work, often from a young age. Number two, no sports person has ever become top of their game without setbacks. Learning to deal with challenges is part of any career, but particularly a sports career. Number three, as a sports person, you will often get to travel and playing professionally will often open up other unexpected opportunities, such as sponsorships. Today, I'll be handing over to fellow Ambassadors and Business member, Anita, who will be interviewing Will Hooley. Hello, Will. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Career Sphere. How are you? I'm very well, and thank you very much for having me. That's okay. Really looking forward to hearing what you have to say. So please, let's start. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. uh, So my name's uh, Will Hooley, and um, I guess my first thing I should say is what I do for a living. So uh, I'm a professional rugby player, and... um, Literally about to start in a new club um, across in America for San Diego Legion in the Major League Rugby uh, season out there. Um, and I also play, even though you wouldn't guess it from my accent, but I also play for the United States international team as well. So I never like introducing myself as just a rugby player. I've got more things in my life, but at the same time, that is my ultimately my day job. Oh, great. Thank you. Looking forward to finding out more. And so, yeah, would you mind describing what a typical day looks like for you? Well, unfortunately, there's no real typical day. So that question straight away, uh, I've uh, failed to answer. But um, but I guess, yeah, look, we, we're very fortunate in what we do is that we, we can't be out on a field training, you know, throughout the whole day, you know, eight till four or nine till five. Um, but ultimately, it usually involves a whole range of stuff of coming in, um, you know, in the morning to make sure that our bodies are right. So that'd be flexibility session, um, followed by sort of gym work. So that'd be anything from your lower body to your upper body and making sure you're strong, but it's more also to prevent injuries. So just to make sure that you're ready for the, the game come the weekend. And then it usually involves a bunch of meetings um, that involve um, attack uh, and defense, like in any sport. Um, and um, usually as well, um, with the meals that surround all of those uh, events, we eat a lot, as you can imagine, um, is, the, is then the training kind of in the afternoon uh, on the field. We'll usually be out there for no more than an hour and a half, but we probably wouldn't do anything much more than about one hour of training just to make sure that the body is, is not overloaded. So might have a few meetings after that, but yeah, it's um, it's a lifestyle which I guess is definitely different to the corporate world, put it that way. Would you be able to just take it back a bit and tell us a little bit more about what you studied in school and what your education journey was like? Yeah, well, yeah, you don't don't become a sportsman, sportsman just by, you know, studying at that school. But at the same time, I, I was always, my parents always made me very aware 
uh, and I was very fortunate. I, I went to a lovely school and, and, and made sure that I came out with, with grades and GCSEs and A-levels um, because ultimately you can't put all your eggs in one basket sport is such a cutthroat business so I thought I better just sort of throw that in there but um, I suppose I did I did all the GCSEs all the way from religious studies all the way through to the sciences to the English lit English language uh, maths um, for me I was I was keen into my humanities so history geography classical civilization which ultimately is kind of ancient history um, and yeah and then in terms of a levels now I, I i can say that i did as levels i don't think they they do do that anymore but um as levels i did uh geography history classical civilization theology of all things um and then we had to drop one so I, I i dropped theology although i didn't want to but for time's sake you had to and i ended up doing geography history and classical civilization um in my a levels uh so yeah, that, that was my schooling. I, I even sort of um, applied for university, could have gone to university, but sport took over literally as I had left school. That was always planned. Um, but I also have done a university degree uh, since also being a sportsman, a part-time degree alongside my sport in in sports writing, uh, journalism and broadcasting, uh, which has been massively beneficial, which we might talk about a little bit later. Um, so that's kind of my educational journey. Wow. And actually, how did you find doing the part-time study and, and part-time work? Look, it's difficult, but it's an absolute necessity. I talked about it at the beginning. Um, particularly for us as rugby players, we, we don't we don't get paid quite like the footballers. Uh, I wish we did. Part of me feels like we deserve to be. But uh, but anyway, that's another conversation. Um, and it's the realisation that, that, that sport rugby can just finish whenever. So... And I mean that because of injury. I mean that because of various other things as well. Uh, selection, you name it. Um, and therefore, the drive is very much, for many rugby players, of doing something outside of, of just playing sport, just playing rugby. Um, so it was difficult and challenging. But after you know, coming back after training or in a day off, making sure that I've got assignments done and doing the online learning. But actually, the other thing I would say on the flip side of that is we have plenty of that free time you know, because we can't train the whole day. If we're in, as I talked about earlier, as a typical day, we're probably in between about eight o'clock and 2.30 and then we're, we're done. So, um, so yeah, it's it's just about being balanced. And I think it's also been about uh, dedicated to making sure that you, you do get your work done alongside playing sport. Okay, so then you mentioned when you, um, you finished your studies and then sport took over. So uh, let's pick up again from there. Um, what was your career journey from that point to now? Yeah, it's, uh, we could be here forever. I'll try and keep it <laughs> short. I, I think, you know, I, I, I started playing rugby when I was five years old. I'm not going to take you all the way back then, but it was, you know, I, I was very sporty at school, played a whole range of different sports, really I did, all the way up until I probably focused predominantly on rugby come the age of about 15, 16, got a bit more serious. But I... Um, I was involved in a sort of a junior academy. Northampton Saints was my first club, and I got probably selected for that come the age of 12. I was just playing a school game, and a scout was there and selected. And, and kind of to really fast forward, but um, just involved in all sorts of youth setups. I played for England under 16s, under 17s, under 18s, and it was kind of just uh, probably before my A levels um, that I was given a full time contract to start. Literally, I remember we had our kind of speech day and whatever you want to call it back then. And 
I was I was in a job a week later I was I was you know living away from home uh, in Northampton and, and full-time professional rugby player and and haven't looked back since I've been professional now for the last 10 years um and uh yeah I don't know if that completely answers the question but there's a whole bunch of kind of hoops you do jump through and selections you get you get through and and ultimately um the path leads to professional sport which is always ultimately what I wanted to do amazing and could you tell us a little bit more about your experience of playing uh in America yeah so I mean so it's actually really down to my, my grandmother who uh, is no longer with us um but she's uh, she's the reason she was born and raised in in, in the US and that's my dad's side of the family uh, and even though I played for England all the way up until the age of, you know, under 20s was, was when I played up to England age group, um, I was sort of approached, uh, I think it was on the grapevine with my agent um, about, you know, I could represent the USA because of my grandmother. That's kind of the heritage. Um, and again, long story short, but um, I decided that, yes, that's what I wanted to do. I think playing for England was maybe going to be... A, too far too hard um you know I, I wasn't maybe going to be good enough in that sense but to play international rugby was everything I dreamed about and I recently went to the world cup in 2019 and I hope to go to another world cup um you know in the future um and it's you know for my family it's hugely um well I guess sort of um what's the right word to use there's a I want to say the relationship that obviously my family has with the US goes back to obviously our, our kind of heritage as such, and it is therefore massively emotional, but also incredible, incredible honor for me to represent the USA. So, um, yeah, it's, it's now I've been involved since late 2017 and hopefully continue to, to be involved uh, in the future. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's really interesting how you describe this decision that you had to make because it's a very important one and having to make that decision would have taken some deep thought and consideration. And... Yeah, well, I, I also just think it's probably worth saying is that it's, it's, it's again, I, I think I said to you earlier in, uh, in a conversation, staying away from cliches, but it really is about opportunities. And, and, and unfortunately with my career, is you don't play rugby until your mid-50s, 60s. So you really have got to make the most of the opportunities that are put in front of you. And and for me, you know, this opportunity, both on the field and off the field, representing the USA was was the best thing for me. And I like to think I've tried to make the most of it. Definitely. Thank you. And so what other work experience do you have and how has it benefited you? I know you've mentioned um, a few bits, so it'd be really great to hear a little bit more. Yeah. So I mentioned, obviously, I got my degree in, uh, in sports writing, journalism and broadcasting. Um I had an interest, particularly in those down times or even when I had injuries, um, of actually sort of writing. I, I was never that great at English at school, but for some reason I, I got sort of introduced to it through um, a head of media at a club that I played at called Exeter Chiefs. And I, yeah, as I said, I was injured and I had some time in my hands and I, and I just started doing some writing for the sort of Match magazine. And it sort of really took off from there. And got invited to write for publications uh, all the way from local all the way to national and and, I, and I've written for uh, as I say local ones but also uh, the Guardian I've done a sports blog there um, and yeah that's probably off the back of, of my university degree which then also has led to other media opportunities one of which was creating my own podcast which was a bit mental at the time and I kind of didn't ultimately really want to do it because I just thought well why would someone listen to me 
But I had a podcast that was actually, weirdly enough, focused on transition. Because, as I said, rugby sport doesn't last forever. And it's very important that I got a gauge, but also to educate my fellow players that get yourselves ready for the next chapter. And in fact, my podcast is called The Next Game, A Story of Transition. Um, and it's massively benefited me just, just having conversation with people in different industries um, about what they do, because then it understands, well, what do I need to do to uh, improve myself, both uh, in a content way, so deg- uh, you know, degrees, qualifications, whatever, but also how I can best really get work experience in that area, which I might find fascinating. And then equally writing as well, well, you benefit from you know, putting your name out there and, and people reading your stuff. So it, it's been something which I've really pushed, particularly in the last sort of five years, because you realise how rugby is not going to last forever. And, and the benefits, I think, are, are incredibly rewarding. And, and who knows, you know, I, I, I will have to have another career. So I better start thinking about it sooner rather than later. Wow, I think that's great. I think you've really demonstrated the, the benefits of, um, you know, if you don't try, you won't know. And yeah. you, you'll realise that you might be good at something and trying it is the first part of that journey. But then also, the if you know something, why not share it? Because others can benefit from it of too. Course. And just kind of thinking uh, about the future and long term is going to be a big benefit to you, even if you are working in a world where it can be maybe quite short term in, in many ways. So thank you for sharing that. Um, and so what key skills and qualities do you feel are necessary to be successful in in the sporting industry it's 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 a hard question because i think there's a, a lot of people with that if they if they could be a sports person then they probably would i mean ultimately it's you, you're doing your hobby as a job right um not that it always feels that way but that is certainly the crux of it all um, I talked about stay away from cliches, but I'm going to probably fire a few off. I, I think w- w- success is is going to inevitably have to be down to hard work. And I think you sometimes read stuff and listen to stuff and it's not all about hard work. It, it, sometimes it's about luck. Sometimes you genuinely need to be at the right place at the right time. But you can't substitute hard work, particularly in our field. You have to be, have not it's the ability, but have the, the drive to want to get up and, and want to be better, you know, whether that be in a physical way or learning about your game, understanding your game, uh, trying to defeat the opposition. You know, we live in an interesting world uh, in terms of it doesn't matter about winning or losing. But in my industry, when you're a professional, it does, because then your job's on the line, <laughs> putting it pretty simply. So you've got to be hardworking. Um, I think equally, I talked about a bit of luck and being in the right place at the right time. You also got to have patience. You know, hard work doesn't mean that you're suddenly going to be playing international rugby uh, in a week. Uh, you've got to have patience and understanding that, you know, coaches might mean that it's a bit subjective, whether you do get selected or not. You might have injuries, you might have setbacks and whatever it might be. You have to have patience. Uh, it really is virtue in our sport. Um, because the other thing is, is, you know, when you're at the top, it, it seems seems great and the highs are so high, but then equally you can get real low lows and it's so easy to just quit, but you've got to be patient to, to, to stay with it in sport. Um, I think dealing with pressure is, is huge because, again, if you make your way up and play on big stages in front of big crowds uh, or going to a World Cup or playing in big games, which, which mean a lot, um, you know, you've got to be able to make decisions under pressure. You've got to be able to execute and perform under pressure. Um, I feel like if you if you don't do that, then it's pretty hard to succeed. And I think the final one to to sort of round it off is enjoyment. 
and it's something which I've always strived to because ultimately I started playing rugby because I loved it back when I was a kid. When you become a professional and it's your sort of day day job, sometimes that enjoyment goes out the window. You need to kind of remind yourself that why you started playing the game, why you started playing sport. And I think if you enjoy what you do, the hard working, being patient, and ultimately being able to deal with pressure when it almost becomes secondary because you just want to be there. You want to get up. You want to train. You want you know want to be a teammate. You want to work. I should also say being involved in teams is key as well. But all those things become just that little bit easier, and ultimately um, you get the most out of it. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, everything you described there kind of is all underpinned by resilience. And yeah. I feel like if you truly enjoy something, you will find that resilience to to bear with the challenges. Yes, definitely. So. I'm just curious to know, um, besides the core sporting roles, what other roles are there in your industry that maybe someone who is keen on working in that world, but maybe not necessarily playing, would uh, be interested in? Well, I think number one is obviously coaching. Um, And it's certainly something which I've had a a small look at. Um, I've got my uh, level two coaching uh, badge under my belt for, for rugby coaching, that is. Um, and you know, coaching can range from from coaching kids all the way up to coaching professionally. It might be coaching in universities or whatever it might be. Um, of course, the other roles in our industry can be anything from the the marketing world. Uh, getting involved in sports marketing is huge. You know, particularly in in some of the bigger sports. Rugby is obviously not one of the biggest sports, but you know, the opportunities there is enormous. And I've got mates who who are involved in that. Uh, I've mentioned the media. You know, the media is such a great way to be in sport. I think some of the, the some of the best journalists out there are not necessarily people who had a professional sporting background, although there are many. It's actually those who are just so invested and love the sport and want to write about it or want to speak about it. Um, and those are the people who drive the sort of the enjoyment, I think, of the sport to, to the fans. Um, I mean, God, there's so many from various administrative roles to um, on-field stuff as well. Um, I say coaching, not just rugby, but in terms of strength and conditioning. Um, loads of, again, I know people who've gone into uh, that sector. So that's basically, you know, being part of the team and making sure that when we're doing our gym sessions, we're doing them properly, making sure we're fit and ready. Um, so I've just scratched the surface there of, um, of a few things, but um, but um, all of which are incredibly important in the sporting industry. And now I must ask, what has been your greatest career highlight? Uh, it's, yeah, highlight's difficult. Um, I said <laughs> earlier that there's, you, you have some of the highest highs and some of the lowest lows. And, and as sport people, we always want to achieve more. I wish I had achieved more and I still want to achieve more. And that's been very selfish. I, I know there's been some great stuff along the way. I think playing at the, at the Rugby World Cup in 2019 with the US w- w- was huge. That was in Japan and all my family were there. And it's also ultimately the third biggest uh, event in the world, you know, after the Football World Cup and the Olympics. Um, and uh, I'd always dreamed of that ultimately as a kid to be able to do that. Uh, and also, as I said, very poignant to do it for the USA, something very close to my family's heart. Um, and uh, yeah, that's definitely a, a career highlight. Um, I think in terms of just one singular match, I remember the USA, we played Scotland in Houston, Texas, in Texas and we, we oh, would have given really no chance to win and, and we won. And 
it's not so much the result that, that you know we beat a um, a team that we should probably have not beaten. Um, it was a pretty amazing game, but it was everything that I just loved about the sport. It was such a difficult, hard game in the heat of Texas, and then the enjoyment afterwards, you know, with with family and teammates, and and the realization of what you achieved. And those moments really, you, you I, I personally feel, I think you struggle to get it in other industries. That sense of achievement with teammates. Um, and that night, I, I will never forget uh, for various reasons. Wow, thank you for sharing. Um, that's just incredible. Uh, what an incredible experience. And yeah, hopefully more highlights to come. Indeed. Um, on the flip side, though, what has been your greatest career challenge? Again, it's hard to say challenge. It's more sort of challenges. Um, various. There's no doubt about that. You know, it could be as small as when you're not in form. You know, I talked about how it's so important to be performing in our, in our industry because it is so cutthroat. There's always someone coming through. There's always someone who might be better. Um, and, um, yeah, if you your misfortune might be someone else's fortune. Um, I think injuries are definitely some of the biggest challenges, particularly in rugby. It's a contact sport. Um, you know, rarely do you ever go through your career without some form of injury, whether that be muscular bone uh, joints head knocks you name it um i've had my fair few and uh, it's something which you have to you know come back from and you know when a time when you're out sat on the sidelines watching your team perform and you're not involved is is tough and then equally you need the the positivity and also the confidence that when you do come back you you're ready to play you can't be playing a game like rugby sort of half in it or your your mind you know worrying about something else or worrying about well, is my knee all right? Or, oh, I, I got a concussion. I feel safe now and I am safe, but but can I put my head in a tackle, for example? You know, th- those are all things which are very unique to to the sporting world. And um, and I think no matter what athlete you speak to, um, injury setback is, is difficult to, to overcome. Yeah, um, such a challenge and really links back to the, the patience and that resilience that you were talking about earlier being so pivotal in this industry. So I have another question, which is around the practical advice that you can give to uh, young people who want to join your industry. There's there's going to be so many people out there who are keen, keen <laughs> to be the next, um, you know, the next athlete and sports star. What advice would you give them? Um, I feel this can be answered really easily with very obvious things, such as what we talked about earlier, about working hard and working on your skills and making sure your body is in as best place possible, whatever it might be. But but I think that would be not looking at the bigger picture for younger people. I, I always remember, I was very fortunate to um, to train and meet um, my idol, which was Johnny Wilkinson, who I'm sure anyone who's even heard of rugby will probably have heard of him, he was an England legend, and ultimately helped England win the World Cup in 2003. And he said, to us, it was me and another couple of youngsters at the time, is, 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 you know, make sure, I was 11, I think, so make sure you're playing different sports, make sure you're balancing your life. Because ultimately, if, let's say, and, and parents ask me this question, and I just sort of feel if you're purely focused on, let's say, your, your child or you just wanting to be a football star, the age of seven years old and you're 12 and you want every night you're going to a different academy and and training and everything okay great and but but also do it within reason making sure that you are still doing your studies making sure that 
you are still playing other sports because the worst thing you can do, and I have seen it, I've literally had friends or people I know experience this, is you end up having a state of burnout. And, you know, I, I said earlier about that state of enjoyment. When you're professional, that enjoy, enjoyment sometimes is hard to, to linger because it's so such a, well, it's a professional industry, it's a performing industry. And I think particularly when you're young, it's just making sure that you will enjoy your sport way more if you're just not completely, utterly invested in it. And I guess it's catch-22 because you do need to be invested in it because you want to be the best you can be. But at the same time, just be balanced and be balanced, not just within the sporting context, but also off the field as well. Because the next thing is, it's such a cutthroat world. If something does happen, like an injury or not getting selected or whatever, you always need something to kind of fall back on. I think knowing that you have those things in your life, I think it's helped me. I'm certainly getting as I'm older now, realising that sports is not going to last forever the realisation that actually you do need to think about the outside world. So actually when you're young, to have the ability of having a broad knowledge of various things, various sports, I think will help you mentally, but also it will help your sport. Because then when you do go to your rugby practice or do go to your football practice, you'll be absolutely ready to go and want to do that extra bit. Uh, as mentioned earlier, I just think enjoyment is, is key. Making sure you balance your life is also very key as well. Thank you. I think that leads us uh, nicely on to the final question, which is what advice would you give to your younger self? Yeah, well, maybe touching on that a little bit. I, I, as I said earlier, I was fortunate. I had, I had good parents and made sure that I did look to do my studies. I had great mates who were, who were involved in sporty, but also in other things. But I think maybe I, I, I've wrapped myself in this industry which has been brilliant for me. And, and, and as much as I said earlier, I would have loved to achieve more and still want to achieve more. Um, I've got to look at the, the positives that have come out of it. And there are loads. Uh, and I have overall enjoyed it. But I think I maybe would have enjoyed it more or enjoy it more if I probably wasn't so wrapped in it. I think one of my issues is is come off the back of a loss or a bad performance. You know, I'm very much, I think about it constantly and it's you know it's therefore right I have to get better or whatever and actually not so much being relaxed because actually being on edge drives you but at the same time just realizing there's more to life than just a rugby ball there's more to life than just playing tennis or whatever it might be I think it's important I'm trying to even teach myself now that you know almost don't take it too seriously and again catch 22 on that because you need to make it very serious it's got to be your life it's got to literally be your way of life but at the same time don't wrap yourself completely in it you said really at the beginning how would you introduce yourself well actually you know I'm 27 soon to be 28 I'm married I've got a dog um, I bought a property with my my wife you know there's more to me than just being a sportsman I guess is what I'm trying to say so maybe my younger self I wish I'd known that a little bit more and maybe would have helped me just be a bit more confident and relaxed Thank you so much, Will, for sharing your journey and your advice and your experience. It's been so fascinating to hear all the different parts that make you you, as as you've brilliantly described. I think um, it's been so good to hear your successful career journey in rugby, but also what you've done to future-proof your career and really build out your experience and skills elsewhere. You know, very knowledgeable of the fact that there is a transition that you're going to make um, at some point and you're getting yourself ready for it and bringing other people along that journey as well. Um, so thank you again for your time and best of luck for your move to America. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Anita and Will. 
what a fantastic conversation about your journey to being a professional rugby player. My three biggest takeaways are, firstly, making it in sports is not just about raw talent. Patience and resilience was mentioned lots during this conversation and is critical to success. Number two, what a great lesson that Will shared on the importance of balance. Often we think of sports people as being obsessed with their sport, but I love that Will highlighted that to continue to enjoy the sport and to avoid burnout, you have to have other things to focus on as well. Thirdly, in talking about his other passions and jobs, Will mentioned that he wasn't the best at English in school, yet has since discovered that he enjoys writing. It's a great lesson to keep an open mind when trying new things and grabbing opportunities as they come, because you could discover something new about yourself. Want to get in touch or follow us for more careers content? Find us on Twitter. Our handle is at InAmbassadors. Until next time, stay safe, stay curious. <laughs>